If you will, turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20. We're going to continue reading in that great um, chapter of Jesus' resurrection given to us by the Apostle John. We've been studying the Apostle John a lot lately. He wrote the book of Revelation, but he also wrote the, one, one of the Gospels. And we're grateful for the contributions of, of John the Apostle and uh, what, what he means for us. But I want to read to you beginning at verse 19 of that great chapter. <clears throat> and it says this, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed his hands, showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Let's pray again. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. The resurrection is the pivotal event of Christian history. And I hope you realize that. And without it, there is no Christianity. And those who claim to, to, to be Christians uh, and yet don't believe in the resurrection uh, believe in nothing. They don't believe in anything. You cannot say that, that you're a Christian and not accept the central fact of Christianity, and that is the resurrection. And because of, <clears throat> of the resurrection, and, and, and because of what Christ has done, there is great meaning and purpose in life. There is great hope in life, even in the midst of sorrow. Everybody that I know, everyone that, that, that you know, wants to have some sort of sense of purpose in life. They want to feel like they belong to something. They want to feel like um, th their life is leading to something. And without purpose, we have nothing. Purpose um, means that we have meaning in our life. If I know what I'm called to do, if I know what I'm supposed to do in this life, if I know how I fit in, that means that, that this life that we're living right now does mean something. It, it, it has great meaning. Those who believe there is no meaning in life um, are quick to realize that there is no purpose in life. And, and I think that's where we are in, in a lot of places today in, in our society. People believe that there is no meaning in life and therefore they have no purpose and so they're going along, waiting until the day that they die. And, 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 and there's nothing beyond that in this life. There is no hope. We're seeing it in all of our entertainment. I remember, and, um, and, and I guess I'm a nerd or a geek, <laughs> but the old Star Trek series was always positive, positive, positive about um, the future of humanity and how it was going to overcome its, um, its fallacies and, and how we would travel to the stars and, and, uh, and, and spread throughout the, the galaxy and a uh, very positive hope of the future. But nowadays, it, it's all uh, zombie apocalypses and, 
and uh, annihilation and just waiting for the, the, the meteor to come and um, or, or waiting for this um, totalitarian dictator to come and just uh, put everybody under oppression and, and destroy everything. Uh, it's, it, it's a very, um, the word is nihilistic vision of the future. We might say dystopian vision of the future. And it's because people aren't finding any kind of purpose or meaning to life. This is um, where a lot of people are today. And I think this is where the disciples were that night um, after Jesus had, had been killed uh, and, and, and the day that they heard He rose again. But they, they were still hiding away with um, no sense of purpose because their, their leader had died. They thought He was going to bring them into this great new age bringing God's kingdom to earth, and it didn't happen, and they must have felt it was all for naught. They, mu they must have felt <clears throat> a lot of fear. In fact, it says that they, they were behind closed doors, that they, they had shut up the door, try tried to block it, tried to lock it, because they, they were afraid of being arrested by the Jewish leadership. You know, most of them had scattered when Jesus was arrested. Most of them had hidden away <clears throat> when he was um, executed. The, the only disciple that went all the way with, with Jesus was the Apostle John himself who wrote this gospel. He was the only disciple of, of the twelve that was there. There, there were some of the women who followed Jesus, and, uh, and, and they were believers, but there was only one of the twelve, and that was John that was there to, to witness what happened to Jesus. The rest had scattered, and now here they are, their, their great leader gone, sealed away in a tomb, and, and they're hiding behind locked doors because of what's going on. It's a sad, sad, sad situation. I'm sure they lost their sense of purpose, their sense of meaning in life. But then suddenly... Um, the room fills with light. The shadows chase away. And, and there, there appears this uh, glorified man in the room in front of them. Now, in Luke's account of this, the, uh, the other gospel writer, it says that they thought it was a ghost at first when Jesus appeared to them. But here, all of a sudden, Jesus fills the room. He comes before them behind the locked door. And He tells them, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. And the disciples were probably confused and, and worried at the sight. They had heard um, Peter and John telling them that they saw that Jesus was alive again. They had heard Mary's testimony because Mary actually met with them in the garden. But they were still in disbelief, obviously, because they were still behind locked doors for fear of being arrested. But then all of a sudden here, Jesus appears in the room. And he, he greets them in, in the standard way he always greeted people. Peace be with you. They, and, and Jesus said, you know, look, look. Look at my hands. Look at my side over here. He, he still bears the wounds of his crucifixion in front of them. And he used that to identify himself before them. And when they saw this and they realized it, that they were amazed and, and, and they wondered about it, they said, and uh, that they were glad when they saw this. They knew that, that the reports 
that they'd heard that Jesus was alive again were true and not just old wives' tales, you know, that they accused Mary of, of, of spreading old wives' tales. But here's, here's Jesus appearing before them with, with, with all the wounds that He had suffered on the cross. The pierced side tell, shows us that He died because that, that spear pierced through to His heart and killed Him. Yes, Jesus gave up His own spirit, but, but that, that, that's, that, that was proof that He actually died on the cross. There's no way that you survive that kind of spear wound. So, you know, you've got... I mean, everything was there. They knew that He was dead, and here He was alive before them again. Renewed sense of purpose. Renewed sense of hope. Renewed sense of meaning in life. And it brought the disciples together in, in, a, in a great and glorious way. They were glad, it says. To see the one standing there before them, the one who suffered and died for them, the one who told them that he would suffer and die at the hands of, of the Jewish authorities, and that he must be handed over, and he told them that, that I must leave this world for the Holy Spirit to come. And, and, and the disciples didn't want to hear that. But, but they didn't also didn't understand that Jesus was going to be resurrected either. The great, most astonishing piece of information, the greatest story ever told is Jesus' resurrection. Then His appearance before the disciples transformed them from disciples crouching around in fear to disciples willing to go out and die for the truth for themselves to live as sacrifices as well on Christ's behalf. I mean, what does Jesus tell them here? He tells them, peace be with you. He tells them, tells them that again. And He says, as the Father has sent Me, even so I am sending you. And when He said this, He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells these disciples that you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm alive again, I'm giving you my mission. Because I'm leaving the world, I'm giving you um, the, 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 the continued mission. I'm giving you your purpose in, in this life. And that is to go about and spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and declare the forgiveness of sins that is in Him. That last line of, of the paragraph I read, verse 23 says this, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. It's not saying that He's given the disciples the authority to say you're forgiven or you're not forgiven. That, that, that kind of power only lies with God. He's saying that you have the right, whenever heaven declares someone forgiven, you have the right to go out and say they're forgiven to the church. Whenever heaven declares someone is not forgiven because they have never repented or don't, or don't care about, about forgiveness of sins, if heaven has not declared them forgiven, then you don't declare them forgiven. In other words, what he's saying is, um, the Lord's Prayer says, uh, God's will be done in heaven, uh, let God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will for Jesus suffering and dying for our sins is that people can be forgiven 
if they'll repent and come to Him. And so He gives the church that mission too, to declare people forgiven. To spread the good news of Jesus Christ. To spread the good news of forgiveness of sins. To tell others about it. The church has been given that authority and power that Jesus was given by His Father to go out into the world and to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. The forgiveness of sins. The coming of His kingdom to earth. That's what Jesus was bringing. And before that kingdom would come, and before, before we could enter that kingdom, we had to repent of our sins and come to Jesus and seek His forgiveness. And the promise is, if we do that, and we do that with a sincere heart, He will forgive us. That mission was given to the apostles long ago, and it's also given to us today. We are the apostolic succession, so to speak. We, we, we are the heirs of the apostles and what they inherited. The apostles were specially handpicked um, by Jesus to go out and preach the good news. But, but the believers also, and I think there were more believers than just the, the ten disciples that were there. Uh, remember, there's only ten disciples at this point. Uh, it says Thomas wasn't with them at, at, when he appeared. And of course, Judas betrayed Jesus and he was gone. So there were, there were ten at this point in the room. But there may have been other believers in that room with them. And I, and I believe that that's true too. In, in other words, the, the mission is not just for the pastors to go out and declare God's good news of forgiveness of sins. But it's all believers' job to go out and declare the good news of forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. The resurrection gives us new meaning, new purpose. Because it gives us a mission. It gives us a task to do. It gives us something to fulfill. In our life, we, want, we need that sense of purpose. <clears throat> Maybe your job gives you a sense of purpose in life. This is what I was meant to do. Well, sometimes, you know, jobs end and we retire when we get older. Okay, well, my job is, and my work is over. Now, now what? Sometimes we, we tend to look for meaning and purpose in, in, in our temporary lives. And if, if, and if we look for meaning and purpose just in our temporary lives, um, you know, I, I, we're going to be utterly disappointed because all things come to an end at some point. But there's one meaning and purpose that exists outside of this world, and that is to serve Jesus Christ, the eternal living God, and to fulfill His mission on earth. As the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus sends us into His world to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, to declare the forgiveness of sins, to declare that peace that He, that he, that he spoke to His disciples. Peace in our hearts, peace with God that we can have. And, and the Bible says that that's a peace that passes all understanding. If you're looking for purpose today, if you're looking for peace in your heart, if you're looking for meaning to this life, if you're looking for hope, Jesus' resurrection gives us all of that. Just like it gave the disciples their hope so many centuries ago, it gives us hope today. And I hope that you found that peace, that comfort, that purpose today. If you feel dejected because you feel like you have no purpose, 
and, and that there is no real meaning in life. Christ gives us the meaning because He conquered death. He conquered time and space. He, he is outside of time and space now. He, he is eternal. He is, he is over all things and all things are moving towards Him. We've been talking the last few weeks about the book of Revelation, how Jesus is the one that stands at the end of history and everything is moving towards Him and everything has its fulfillment in Him. He is alive today and He's giving us hope and meaning again. And so when we turn our lives over to Jesus Christ, even though we, we, may, we may feel temporarily purposeless and, and, and meaningless in our own lives, He gives us an eternal hope. He gives us a hope beyond this world. He gives us a hope beyond this life that enters into this life and gives us meaning and purpose now um, even beyond this material temporal world. And if you're looking for that today, if, if you're missing that purpose in your life, turn to Jesus Christ who can give you a new and eternal purpose and give you a new eternal hope that, that, that's even greater than, than the life we're living even right now. We don't see Him, but we can know Him. Because just as He breathed His Spirit onto His disciples, later on at Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out on all believers. And all those who repent and believe the Gospel receive the Holy Spirit, which is God's own presence in their lives, so that we have that communion with Him, and we can know that we have meaning and purpose. It's not just um, a, a cold kind of uh, promise given us in, in an ancient word here. It lives within us because when we, when we accept Christ as our Savior, He gives us His Spirit who communes with us. And He's also given us the church, other believers to help encourage us, to give us meaning and purpose. When we talk about meaning and purpose and, and how that plays out in life, I mean, one of the ways that, that that meaning and purpose plays out in our lives is that we, we live in self-sacrificial service to others. We're willing to do for other people. We're, we're, we're willing to even do without in order to help someone else. We, we, we keep giving of ourselves to other people. And, and that there is no greater sense of purpose or meaning than, than when we begin giving ourselves to other people in service to them. When, when we elevate other people above ourselves, when, when we see them as, as people that God loves and, and wants to, to help as well, when, when we see what I call the weight of glory in other people, I didn't coin that phrase, that comes from C.S. Lewis, the guy who wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He says that you know, we, we need to be able to see the image of God in other people. And, and seeing the image of God means there's a weight of glory in other people that, that we see. Jesus' resurrection gives us this renewed sense of service to others. That, that, that's how that purpose is fulfilled. When, when, and we're talking about an application here. Whenever we do something for someone out of love, whoever it may be, we're, we're, fulfilling that, we're, we're fulfilling God's purpose that He has for us. The purpose that, that Christ gave us. I don't know if you remember, but on the night that before Jesus died, the first thing He did was He, he washed His disciples' feet. I can't think of anything more dirty than that. <laughs> but Jesus did it because He wanted to show them that 
Yes, I'm giving you purpose. I'm giving you a mission. Here's what it looks like played out in real life. You bend down, you wash somebody else's feet. You treat them better than you treat yourselves. Jesus also said in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. For if you love only those who love you, you're not doing anything more or less than what, what the Pharisees are doing. But if you love your enemies, then you'll be perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect. Love is not limited to, to those who love us. We must have that love for other people. And when, when we are willing to serve others, we fulfill that purpose and mission that Jesus gave us after His resurrection. Another way that purpose plays out is that we live in constant hope. Constant positivity. And I'm not just talking about the power of positive thinking here. I'm talking about I know that my Redeemer lives and one day I will see Him standing on the earth. That's what, the, the, that's what Job in the Old Testament declared. If you know anything about Job... He suffered a lot in this life, didn't he? He lost his family. He lost his friends. And he didn't completely lose his wife, although, although she did kind of berate him too. And he lost his health. He lost his wealth. And yet the one thing that he declared in all of that was that I know my Redeemer lives and one day I'll see Him standing on the earth. The resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us hope and it gives us positivity. <laughs> we don't have to go around moping all the time because of our lot. We don't have to go around um, upset all the time because um, of the loss of a loved one. Yes, we do mourn and grieve. But as the Apostle Paul says, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. Because the, the, the world falls into a complete mourning when someone uh, dies or disappears from this world because we think that that's the end. We'll never see them again. We live in constant hope because we know because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we will see our loved ones again. We have the promise of that through Jesus Christ. We don't have to live in, in constant sorrow, constant pain, constant um, downcast face or downcast appearance. Because of that hope in Jesus Christ and His resurrection, we know, we know that there is something beyond my circumstances that I can hold on to in faith, a sure anchor for the soul. And therefore, I, I can live above these circumstances. I've seen many believers who, who go through the most horrible things and yet they're willing to say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's because of the hope that is in Jesus Christ. That's because of the hope in the resurrection. We can always live in hope. doesn't mean that we're always happy, but it means we have a constant hope in Jesus that keeps us grounded and keeps us pushing forward and not to be pulled down by the things that would destroy us. 
The other thing it helps us to do is when one lost person who does not know Jesus Christ comes to Him, we celebrate with them without judgment declaring the forgiveness of sins. Jesus gave the apostles that mission to go out and declare the forgiveness of sins and, he, and even those who don't accept Christ and don't repent, you know, we, we, we don't declare them forgiven until, until we hear from heaven that they're forgiven, then, then we forgive them. That doesn't mean we don't love them. But, we, but we, we, we declare the message of salvation, of forgiveness of sins to those who repent and believe. And when one lost sinner comes home, we rejoice with them. We celebrate with them. We, we withhold our judgment and declare their sins are forgiven. Sometimes it's hard for us when, when, when we know someone has lived a sinful and miserable life. And, and we see them come into church and our first reaction is to say, what are they doing here? But then when they give their life to Jesus Christ and, 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 and they declare that, that they've, they've uh, given their heart and life to Jesus Christ and that He has changed them, we still tend to say, well, I don't think that's going to stick. We forget the power that Christ can do to change a person's life. If Jesus Christ can raise from the dead, if, if, if He can move from being dead to being alive again and, and, and display that kind of power, and, and that's a transformational power, by the way, he can do the same kind of transformational power in anyone who is lost and does not know Jesus Christ. Because the power of the gospel is the power of transformation. And if we ask Him, Lord, forgive me of my sins, He will forgive you and He will transform you by the power of, of, of His resurrection. Through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the gift that Jesus has given us. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and mediates for us even now. But He gave us the Holy Spirit to dwell in believers so that we can know and have God's presence in our lives. And, in, 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 and it's that presence that transforms us. With the same kind of resurrection power that rose Christ from physical death, that same resurrection power raises those who are lost from their spiritual death to awaken to a new reality in Jesus Christ, a new life in Him. All things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. The slate has been clean, cleared and a new life can begin. That's, what being, that's why we call it being born again. The power of the resurrection. And so that means then, if, 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 if we believe in the power of the resurrection then we have to believe in the power of, of a transformed life. And someone who gives our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ, we need to recognize that and celebrate it. Celebrate their forgiveness. Celebrate their new life in Him. And, and, and remove our negativity and, and judgmentalism from our own hearts and minds. We have to, and therefore we have to believe in the power of that resurrection. If, if, if we're going to declare that, there is forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ and there is a new life in Him. We have to 
We have to believe that there is a resurrection in order to proclaim that to people. If, if we believe in the resurrection, then we have the best news in the history of the world. And we, and we, and we go about to those who don't know Jesus and tell, tell them, not just that they're sinful, rotten people, because I can tell you this, with God it's an even playing field. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. His offer of salvation is for all people. And so we have the best news in the history of the world to go out and tell those who, who are lost who don't know Him that there is forgiveness, there is transformation, there is hope, there is meaning and purpose in life. And so we have a golden opportunity to go out into our world and help people. I can tell you that right now in our society, the, it's not being talked about a whole lot in the news, but after all these lockdowns, some of these suicide prevention numbers have given statistics. There is about an 800% increase in the number of calls they got throughout this pandemic. And it's still ongoing. It hasn't quite slacked up yet. Maybe a little bit. And, 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 and it affects young women more so than, than it does men right now. That this, this, These thoughts of suicide because of all this being locked down and because of the coronavirus and, and all this... Uh, all the deaths that happened. We have a golden opportunity as believers to give them hope in, 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 in the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. His resurrection changes the world. It changes us. And it helps us to declare that change to other people. And I hope that that's your great hope today. I hope your hope is in Jesus Christ. And I hope that you're trusting in Him. And I hope that you are declaring his gospel to other people. Let's stand.